I'm excited about bringing the Word. Turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Always excited about bringing the Word and blessing you guys and hearing what the Lord is saying in our hearts. And it is interesting to me that as we begin to study and prepare and seeking the Lord and what He would have said, that um, I went through a couple of days of Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say would be fine. To Holy Spirit, whatever you're going to say will be fine. To, <laughs> to this morning, 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock this morning. To Okay, let's cut to the chase. Holy Spirit, you need to say something. <laughs> and as I said that, I just I drank my first cup of coffee and the anointing came. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I felt the presence of the Lord settle in and I got out. I have a big journal as big as my Bible. And I wrote five pages of notes nonstop. And I went, amen. And I hit the, amen. And I said, praise God, that is good. That's good. This is going to be a really good word for us tonight. And when I said all that, the Lord reminded me of what I have with me. And I brought it with me. And I have a... So y'all listen real close. So the days of imaginary is over. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, that just makes me laugh. I think it is so cool. How, who do you know that has a Amen. button? <laughs> so first Corinthians, let me frame we'll get started. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Lord, tonight for celebration. Thank you, God, tonight for the word that you've given in my heart. Lord, I pray that you help me to articulate it, to say it with accuracy, with sanity, and with simplicity. Lord, I pray for the anointing to rest upon the hearers, Lord, that's watching in this room, as well as those that will hear it in the YouTube channel and Facebook and all those things that follow, Lord. I pray, God, today that may there be an anointing to hear it, to receive it deep in their heart. Lord, I thank you, God, that we're going to leave this place tonight changed and recognizing, Lord, what you're going to be doing is from you. And we give you the glory and the honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So I want to talk a little bit tonight about going from immaturity to maturity. Being on this side of Jubilee and we're in a brand new year and thinking about where are we at as a church. Uh, this was the picture that I actually saw of a little bitty cornstalk just barely coming out of the ground. And what the Lord spoke to me was that there's going to be a great growth experience in this church. That we're Amen. Thank you. There's going to be great growth, accelerated growth that's going to be happening in this location. It is not an accident. Y'all listen. It is not an accident that you are here in this house. You came by divine appointment. So let me just ask the question. How many of you want to be growing in the Lord? You want to be growing? How many of you believe that you can grow more in the Lord? Right? And so it, won't, it needs to be that we're going in this process. I want to be like that one on the ride. Hallelujah. I want to be having corn and producing corn of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So I believe that the Lord is in this download of this morning. What I believe that the Lord began to say to me, the very first thing was 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And verse number 11, which says this. It said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man or a woman, 
Come on, ladies. I put away childish things. So that arrested me in my heart this morning of, of Terry, I recognize the growth that you've had in your life. I recognize the growth that you've had in the last five years of your life, but I've been growing a lot, hallelujah. And so uh, as I began to recognize that, I said, so Lord, I know you're not just talking to me. So there's a word that you're planting tonight in our church to talk about us and how that we're going to be growing. I know you guys don't want to stay like that little bitty picture on the left, right? Y'all want to be like that big picture on the right. Because watch, this little picture on the left, it's not producing any corn. It just leaves, hallelujah, and dirt. (laughs) That side is leaves and dirt, but it also is producing fruit. So one of the things that happens in our life to have more of the gifts of the Spirit, more of the fruit of the Spirit, more of it being in operation in our church and in our lives, is to recognize that we have to recognize that we need to grow in some things. Notice I didn't say grow up, but we need to grow in some things. And so we need to be moving from immaturity in our life that may be still some that's still remaining. We need to grow to maturity, not insecurity, but to be secure and confident in the Lord and in His Word in a world that's gone crazy. Man, there's so many shaking. And it's not Elvis stuff of rocking and a rolling. There's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world today. And so we have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. And so in that, we're going to be maturing and growing. So in that, as I was praying, I said, so with that happening in our lives, we're going to be doing that. How do we know when a church is healthy? Um, what would be some of the things that you would want us to be growing in? And so I thought of a verse from John 13, 34. And John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you hate one another. That you just tolerate and put up with each other. What does it say? A new commandment I give you that you what? And how do you love that one another? He goes on to say, he says, as I have loved you, you also love one another. So it gives a standard by which you are to love each other. Now, how many of you know that people can be difficult? I didn't hit the amen button, but sometimes people can be difficult. Sometimes people can be hard to get along with. Matter of fact, in this study that I'll do with you tonight, I found out that there are so many times that the Scriptures talks about behaving and conduct and what you should do with things for the Lord to even give us a, a, a new commandment. I think it's interesting. Why did He say, I'm just going to give you another commandment? He said, I'm giving you a brand new commitment, a brand new commandment. Why? Because if we're honest, many times we need do-overs. So He's giving us a word that we're going to need to be learning how to love each other. And love has got so many... Th- Come on, y'all. Think about all the rock and roll country western songs that's got love in it. But it ain't love. Right? He stopped loving her today. That's not... What is that? Love will keep us alive. Eagles. Coming down that road. So there's... But does that define... Now listen, I'm just on the first part of this... 
Love, he said, I want to make it a commandment, not a heavenly option, not just something I want you to consider. I'm telling you that as you're going to grow in me, the first thing you got to get right at first base is you're going to have to learn how to love people because that can be difficult to love them like I have loved you. I want you to love like that. And so I begin to think about it in that of loving the Lord and how He's loved me and the different ways that He's loved me. I'm glad He didn't say that I want you to learn how to tolerate people just like the way I've learned how to tolerate you. <laughs> but loving each other, amen, that's a great, great word. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 8 says it this way, same author. He said, again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in Him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away, talking about childish things, and the true light is already shining. There's already this corn that is in you that is growing, and maybe you didn't even know that you had this that's been planted of the Lord that's growing in you. So the Lord modeled for us what that love looks like. He showed us what it looks like, certain actions and behaviors that He did. We can model those. And again, the Bible is so full of actions and doings and behaviors and all of this stuff. So I begin to ask the question then, so how do we know that we are growing? How do we know? It's one thing that you want to be the cornstalk in the Spirit, but how do you know that you're really growing? And I saw a picture um, of going to McKinney, which I'm going to be going this, this week. I hope to be going several days to McKinney because I'm off for four days. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Cabela's comes to mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Seeing all the fish in the tank. <laughs> so in going to McKinney, I begin to think about how do you know if you're on the right road in your growth, if you're going to McKinney, how do you know that you're going towards McKinney? Well, Highway 75 going south, right? They have these cool little things on the side of the road, these little sticks. It's got little numbers on them, and they're called markers, mile markers. How many of you know if you see a sign that says McKinney ahead, 13 miles, and you look at the mile marker, and your mile marker is going the opposite way of the sign, you may be going the wrong direction. Instead of going to McKinney on Highway 75 going south, and you saw a sign, you decided to get off at Van Alstine and get a, a burger. <laughs> and you get back on it going the other way. You don't see no McKinney sign, but the mile markers are still there, but they're going the wrong direction. I'm going somewhere. A lot of ways in our growth in the Lord seems to be the same way. We're not paying attention to the markers. We're not paying attention to the sign that's going on. And so as I thought about that and began to pray about that, I said, here's a statement. I want you to think about this. Think about this. Big statement. You never can go, talking about spiritual growth tonight, you never can go to where you want to go if you first of all don't know where you are. It's like on the GPS thing. If you know where you are, then the GPS will help you with directions on where you want to go. But if you don't know where you are, I'm thinking of Carl Sue and driving. Years ago, honey, years ago, I remember that I went to sleep. We were coming back from Springfield, Missouri, and we were driving, coming, was coming actually to Sherman. And I remember telling her, I am so tired. Do you know where you are? She said, yeah. Yeah, I'm going down Highway 75 
69 South. I said, good, okay. Well, if it's all right, I'm going to go to sleep. And she said, go to sleep. I woke up and I looked around. I didn't even recognize the cornfield. <laughs> I didn't recognize anything. And I said, I know it's dark. Where are we? And she said, driving Highway 75, 69 South. And I said, did you make a turn off of this highway someplace? Well, I just pulled over McDonald's and got a Dr. Pepper. I said, I slept through that. <laughs> yeah, you're asleep. I said, so you got back on 69, 75 and kept going south. I don't know. I got my Dr. Pepper and I got on the road and I, and I went that direction. <laughs> and I said, where are we? She said, I don't know. I drive that direction. And so I looked for signs and I looked around. Finally, I saw a sign. I was so excited. You know what it said? Welcome to Hugo. And if y'all don't know what that means, that means we were not going 6975 south. We were on Indian Nation Turnpike. And I said, honey, do you know how to get us back to 75? No. And I was not as, as mature and grown in the Lord. And I said, well, you can't be on this road. You've got to figure out the other road. So maybe you need to think about getting off of this road. Which road do I get on? I don't know, but you need to get on one going the other way. And she said, y'all will like this, ladies. She said, you know what? Let me pull this thing over and you just drive it yourself. <laughs> and I did not say, And what I, but I, what I did say was, okay, I, you know what? I need to. I just need to. I'll drive. And it was quiet for a few miles going down the road. And then I recognized I need to say something. And this is what I said. Come on. I said, you know what? I love you. That's a good place to start. And um, you were helping me to sleep because I was exhausted. I drove for hours, and thank you for driving for me so I could rest. Now that I feel better, rested, I'm going to get us home. And she said, okay. I said, I'm not mad at you. Please don't be mad at me. And she said, you were mad at me, so I'm going to be mad at you. <laughs> and I said, I need a cup of coffee. <laughs> But we've come a long ways I mean, to think about the, what, what that means. So we have growth in our lives. We're growing in our lives. I mean, you know, in being honest and being transparent of this, that we sometimes can have disagreements. And even in the body of Christ, we can have some disagreements. That doesn't mean that we have to fuss and fight and argue and quarrel and have splits and divisions and all that stuff, right? But we can, we can recognize sometimes we need a Dr. Pepper and sometimes we need a cup of coffee. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> what do we need to have if we're going to keep growing and developing our lives? I thought of three things. So tonight I have three points for us. What do we need to have in order to grow and keep developing as a church, as individuals, as leaders? What are the words that we need to have so that we can grow? The first word that I thought about was the word character. We need to have character. Character. 
Merriam-Webster dictionary defines in a common language, which is, by the way, for, should be for everybody, a common language, what dictionary should be. I'm not trying to change words and all the different words and make it different meanings. Thank God for a dictionary that we can have common language. So this is what they said that character is. And they said five things. Number one, they said that character, you may not can write all this down. It'll be in the notes you can find. So just abbreviate or just make the main points. Number one, character is defined as one of the attributes or features that make up and distinguish individuals. Number two, character is defined as the complex of mental and ethical traits, marking and often individualizing a person, group, or a nation. Number three, character is defined as moral excellence and firmness. Number four, character is defined as reputation. And character number five is defined as position. Those are good words for character. So when we think about what do we need to have in our life to grow as Christians and believers, we need to think about character. And again, you can look that up in the dictionary. The, dic- the definitions are there, so don't get bogged down in trying to do the, all the stuff because you can get lost. Because I might have to be faster to get done when I want to get done. So character is one of those things. Romans chapter 5, write down the verses. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. So how do we develop character according to the Bible? Perseverance. Oh, I don't like that word, Pastor Harry. Let's have another word we develop character. Let's just have the joy, 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 joy down in. We have to have perseverance and learning how to endure. So listen to my first point. So in order to grow as a healthy church and to go to the next place in our growth as a healthy church, we're going to have to endure some things. We're going to have to persevere through some things. I'll say it another way. You're not going to like everything that comes down the life's highway at you. But understand, it's not meant to make you sad or depressed or unhappy. It's meant to cause some growth in you. And I just had a picture. Usually that's the Holy Spirit, so I'll go ahead and say what I saw. It's like the pulling on a slingshot, the rubber band with a little stone. The more that you get pulled and the more you get stretched and the more you get pulled, when it's released, the further it takes you to where you want to go. The further that you need to go. So the stretching is not meant to break you. The stretching is meant to cause a, a, a place of stretching to grow and to develop even further. The New Living Translation says in Romans 5, 4, it says, and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Psalm 103, verse 7, another verse, Psalm 103, verse 7 says that he, talking about God, revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. I want it to be in our lives as a church that we not only are are growing in character, but like that just said, that it's God revealing His character to us so we can be more like His character. Not just what He's doing, not just the deeds and trying to figure out all the things that He's doing, but knowing that He's developing things in us so we can be more like Him. Remember this whole word about transformation? That's what we're talking about, to be more like the Lord in that. So this is one of those things that we need to have is character development. 
So the question in this one could be the question of, are you personally growing? Not just the church, but I, heard, I read the word individuals in a couple of the, of the explanations. Are you personally growing? In the last five years, have you changed in any area of your life? Yeah? No? Okay, you need some help? Okay. We are. Second word, the second thing that we need in growing is not only in character, but number two, we need to be growing in competence, in our competence. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines competence as the quality or state of being competent. That has never helped me. <laughs> well, it's a state of being competent. Okay, I don't understand. What, huh? So we need to be also applying competence to our life. So it went on to say that Competent is the quality of state of having sufficient knowledge, judgment, skill, or strength as for a particular duty or in a particular respect or setting. That's what we're trying to be competent in, is in those four things. Number two, competence is the ability as in a matter within the competence of a judge to adjudicate. And then lastly, number three, Competence is a sufficiency of means for the necessities and the conveniences of life. Proverbs 3.21 says, My son, let them depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, is what he said. Number two, uh, the New Living Translation says, My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. The HCSB, which is the Holman Christian Standard Bible, says, Maintain your competence and discretion. Don't lose sight of them. The message translation says it like this. Dear friend, guard clear thinking and common sense with your life. Don't for a minute lose sight of them. So we need to have competence. And so the question in our competence development as we're growing is this question. You ready? Can you do the job? And I believe that's one of the things the Holy Spirit's going to be dealing with us about as we continue to grow and develop in our lives is can you do the job? And if we're not thinking we can do the job, then we need to get prepared so we can do the job. And we're growing not only in fellowship, not only in worship, listen, but can we do the job? I remember as Whitney was, was singing a song um, a few times back, I remember I was watching her play the guitar and I begin to think about, you know, I, I play the guitar. And I used to play the guitar for a lot of worship sets and a lot of worship songs. And, and as I was thinking about that, I had a flashback. And what I flashed back to was the day one that my mother looked at me. And she said, you do know that when we go to all of our family reunions, now that you're 12 years of age, you're going to have to learn how to play an instrument. And I said, what? She said, yeah. So we have, we don't, we don't really call them reunions. <laughs> Because we're country, we call it hoedowns. And you have to learn how to play an instrument. I said, what am I playing? Well, let's see. Your grandfather plays a, a fiddle. Yeah. Yeah. Grandma plays an accordion. Yeah. Uncle plays a steel guitar. Other uncle plays standard guitar. Other aunt plays bass guitar. Another sister, aunt, plays some kind of box, like that wooden box thing. Except we didn't have it then, it was just a box. <laughs> Played a box, rhythm. So I looked at mom, I said, oh, wow, I remember all them. I mean, I'm 
12. She said, so guess what you get to start doing? You get to play an instrument. I said, okay. I mean, like when we go to Thanksgiving, I just bring, oh yeah, you play guitar. I'm going to bring your guitar. You want me to play it? She said, nope. I want you to practice to get ready for Thanksgiving. And you got six months. I said, six months of playing the guitar. Yep. And you're going to practice it every day. I said, I don't know how. I'm going to show you. And she got white notebook paper and she drew out the, what they call the, the chord chart where you put your fingers on the strings. Wrote these out in two or three pages. And so I had to come home from school every day and get the notebook paper and get the guitar and learn how to put the fingers on the places and learn how to strum. One thing I discovered in all that, in case you don't know, never tried to play guitar, is that when you try to play guitar, it produces these calluses on your fingers. I didn't like that. <laughs> I like my fingers to be soft. I didn't like calluses. But you know what? If you don't develop calluses and try to play the guitar, it gets worse. <laughs> right? So part of our development is learning how to do that. And it takes a little bit of pain to get that so that we can have confidence to do the job so we can play. So I learned how to play, did pretty good learning how to play. So now I'm getting ready to go. So she said, now that we're going to do it, you're not just going to play the guitar. You're going to sing with your two sisters. At the hoedown? At, yeah, at the hoedown. Okay. What song do we... I don't, don't even know any songs I can play with the guitar. You know what I learned how to play? Loretta Lynn songs. I said, Mama, there's only one problem. I don't sing woman. <laughs> well, but your sisters can. You just play. So I learned another part. Well, this is so important. I learned another part about playing. I learned how to play and I could change and then I could change and then change again and change. But when people are trying to sing, they'd have to hold out the, the word. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, okay, thanks. So it takes practice. It takes calluses. It takes time. It takes effort, but I'm telling you all, by that, my sisters and I, we were determined once we learned how to sing, we sang at church then. We'd sing specials at church. And I remember that my mother, she said, I'm so proud of you. We're now going to take you to Kid Key Memorial, and we're going to enter you into a talent contest. <laughs> and you're going to learn how to sing one of those. I said, please, not a Loretta Lynn song. No, one of the Christian songs that you and your sisters learn how to sing. And I'm believing God with you. There needs to be something to be applauded about all the time and all the effort and all the competence that you've learned how to do. I'm believing that you're going to win, number one. And I said, me and my two sisters. Yes. So we practiced and practiced some more. Went to Kid Key and we went to the, to the talent contest. And we were the last ones to sing. And we sang a song. And when we finished, everybody stood up and clapped. And when we did, the lady came up with a little trophy and she said, congratulations, you have won first place. And I said, wow. And I reached out my hand for the guitar. She said, oh no, no, you don't get to get it yet. And she said, it's going to be presented to you and your sisters. Okay. And it's going to be presented by these guys. And they pulled the curtain back and it was the Oak Ridge Boys. And I went, uh, wait, I'm not going to have to sing for you guys. <laughs> Thinking, thinking, inside voice. They came over, all, these, all those guys shook our hands and, and my sister's hands. And that was one of those trophies. But this is what I got, even though all of those things were great and awesome. 
The thing that really sunk in my heart about all of that was the determination and the hard work and the calluses to press through the pain so you can have competence in what you're doing. So the question is, can you do the job? You all ready for number three? Third thing that we have to have in our growth and development, number three, is we have to have chemistry. And this is what I want to anchor and settle on in my time remaining. We have to have chemistry. Not only character, not only competence can we do the job, but also, number three, chemistry. And Merriam-Webster defines chemistry as also three things. I know it's hard to write this part out. just have to look it up. Number one, chemistry is defined as a science that deals with the composition, structure, and properties of substances and the transformations that they undergo. Sounds like a familiar word. Number two with chemistry is it's a strong mutual attraction, attachment, or sympathy. And the third definition of chemistry is interaction, listen, interaction between people working together specifically. Such interaction when it is defined as harmonious or effective is what chemistry is. So we need to have chemistry also in our lives so we can behave and get along with and work with, I love these words, and have harmonious chemistry, effective chemistry. So when people come in through these doors, that they will recognize the harmonious that we have and the effective that we have because we work hard at it, that we're working on chemistry that we need in our lives. So here's the question of chemistry. The question of chemistry is this question. You ready? I will when I find it. No, I'm kidding. Here it is. Do you play well with others? See? So we have character development. We have competence development. And this last one, it's also, because it's not just, it's not just individual, but also in us. Do we play well with other people? Um, I remember some of the days, I don't know if y'all had this, but I remember the days of the playground. It seemed like every schoolyard, uh, public schoolyard, which I went to public school, had a playground bully. <laughs> they loved me getting on the merry-go-round so they could spin me around. <laughs> spin and spin. And I remember with that that I wasn't too happy with the, with the playground bully. So I tried to avoid the merry-go-round, spin around, whatever that call that thing. It wasn't the thing with the horses and the poles. I'm not sure what, what you'd call that. Good word, merry-go-round. But I do remember that in those, in those things, I didn't like that guy very much. And I didn't play well with guy that I didn't like very well that was a bully. So I began to not have anything to do with him, to avoid him. I'd see him coming down the hallway, I'd go on the other side of the hallway, you know what I'm talking about? I began to do all those things. So I'm reflecting on that this morning also in my prayer time. And the Lord said, and how many people come and when they come to church, they could feel the same way? Avoid it. I'm the other side of the hallway. What I heard in my heart, I believe the Lord said to say to us tonight was, you are playing really well with people. I want you to learn to play well better. Learning how to play and meet people where they are. That we play well with others. So I looked up a scripture to try to find a couple of scriptures in this, and it's amazing that when you put the word chemistry in BibleGateway.com and hit the search button, 
Every, there's 34 different translations of the Bible. Every one of them brought up one place to find the word chemistry. And that's Acts chapter 7, verses 15 and 16. And when I looked up the word chemistry in, the, in that verse that it gave me, the word chemistry is not there. I said, now nah, that's messed up. I thought, and so it said, suggested topic search found. Acts 7, 15, 16. So I read it. I'm going to read it to you and see if it's confusing like it was confusing to me. This is what it says. So Jacob went down to Egypt and he died. He and our fathers. And they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham bought for a sum of money from the sons of Hamar, the father of Shechem. That's the only verse it gave about chemistry. And so I thought about that for a minute. And, and I'm thinking about this. We, in chemistry, means we have to play well with others. We have to learn how to play well with others. And I got to thinking about the life, and there was too much. I, I, wrote, I wrote at least two pages of stuff when I was trying to think about this one verse. I thought, I don't want to be here till 9 o'clock tonight. So, What does this mean? Since it doesn't say the word chemistry. And I got it. You ready? Think about the, the in short, brief, simple the story that's going on. Joseph, it was talking about him. Jacob was daddy. Jacob had other sons. Joseph was not being played well with others. He had a coat of many colors. He was dad's favorite. He was trying to get along with. But the brothers would go out on the other side of the pasture and they would take care and feed the sheep while Joseph stayed home with his coat of many colors. And dream, he would dream. And he would talk about the coat. And his daddy looked at him one day and said, I want you to take, I want you to take this brunch to your brothers. It's on the other side of the pasture land. I want you to go over there and take it to them. What was that about? He was trying to have chemistry. He's trying to have it that go, go, go take your brother's breakfast. So it says that when they saw him coming with his coat of many colors, it did not say that they went, yay, it's him. That's our brother that we love. Man, I check out that coat. I love that coat. He's bringing us breakfast. What a great guy. It didn't say any of that. It says that they saw him coming from afar off and they hated him. That's not good chemistry. He takes it to him and you all know the story if you read the story. It, it winds up that a lot of bad things happened. He was put in a pit. He was sold to slavery. He went into prison, falsely accused of things. And then even in the prison, dream interpretation began to work in his life and prophetic and dream. And even with that, he helped out a couple of guys with dream interpretation. And he only told them just one thing. Please tell Pharaoh that I'm the guy that gave the dream interpretation. I want to get out of this place. And they forgot for seven years. And then finally, finally, one of the guys, remember, told Pharaoh, and he, listen, he went from the prison to the palace in one day. He went from rags and cells and bad situations to in one day he went to robes on his back, purple clothes, crown, and the second highest man in the land of Egypt. Only one greater in that was Pharaoh himself. He went from the prison to the palace. 
So I want to prophetically say something at this point. I believe the same thing with us, that there is acceleration coming. As we're preparing. It could happen in a day. That we go from, here we are, and this is what we're doing, and we're... That now look what the Lord has done. Remember Acts? Remember the book of Acts? Peter preached a sermon. Preached one sermon. How many people got saved and came to church? 3,000 people. In the church in Ephesus where Timothy became the pastor and Paul had been coaching and schooling him, I did not know how big the church in Ephesus was. He read his letters that Paul had sent to him from prison. And then it says that he would take it because he was a pastor of the church in Ephesus. And he would read it, give it to those people to read. Do you know how many people were in the church in Ephesus during that time? 56 to 60,000 people. That's a lot of life groups, Pastor Antoinette. <laughs> I don't know how he distributed and how he did all that. But that was a writing. And so 1 Timothy chapter 4, I won't read it tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 4 is one of the big places that talks about how that they were to behave and how that they were to treat and love each other and those things. Don't quarrel, don't fight, don't all, all those things. So, so what is the answer then to this question of Acts chapter 7? What is that all about? And I believe it's this one word that I got for us. They learned how to have closure. The brothers thought it was going to be retaliation. The dad thought for 20 years his son was dead. What's this about people dying and going back and putting them in graves and stuff? They had closure about some things. It should be the same way in our lives. Listen, that as we're having chemistry and developing chemistry and have more chemistry in our life as we're going, there needs to be some things that we just need to have closure and just get over. Can we just please turn the page on that? Well, it's not like it used to be. Probably never will be like it used to be. Why can't we go back to Saturday night service? Probably never will go back to Saturday night service. Why? Because you need chemistry. You need to grow up. No. Just, just kidding. But there are a lot of things that change, and there could be so many other things that can change. Have you looked outside driving out the window lately of your vehicle? There is a lot of construction going on in Sherman. Things are changing. Did you notice a population sign that just changed recently? 5,000 people added to the population sign just from one little census to the next. And now we're building all the highways and stuff. Can you, can you hear it? That change is on the horizon. I want us to be a church that we embrace the change and we put chemistry with it and competence with it and character with it so that there is a great, great church that the Lord is raising up and doing a great work among us. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. So the question is, that's on the table, and I'll, and I'll close with this, in the closure part, do you play well with others? I heard myself saying in my closing prayer with the Lord this morning, I believe that I do play well, but I can play better. I, do, I believe that I have a lot of things that I'm, I'm growing in my life, but I can grow better. How about y'all? Yes. We're not perfect, but we can be on our road to still doing more and more. 
And by the way, stop being so hard on yourself because the person hardest on you is you anyway. Stop being so hard on yourself and just embrace we're not perfect, but we are forgiven and we're under grace and God's going to use us greatly as we continue to grow and grow and grow and become that great big corn stalk of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. One more time. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord.